Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Conviction, where we feel a conviction to discuss questions and topics surrounding church culture, ministry, and just general life as a Jesus follower. And today, we're going to be a conversation show, taking some time to talk once again about church marketing, what it means, what it looks like, best practices, all those different things that could be entailed. But today, my name is Caleb. And my name is Parker. And we're excited to get to have another conversation about this. Parker, last week, we took some time to sit down and to talk and discuss church marketing. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, um, we encourage you to jump on back, listen to that one, take a second to, and then jump back into this one. Because last time, you kind of broke my brain. We got to the end of that episode, and in short, Parker ends up asking the question, you know, when we are talking about church marketing, are we starting to talk more about marketing a community rather than marketing Jesus? And what does that look like in this whole thing? And literally for like 10 minutes, my brain just kind of melted. Well, it wasn't even just that. It was, is it possible even to market the church without eventually the point of the marketing and the heart behind the marketing become marketing the church body itself and, and miss the point about it being about Jesus as well? Totally. Like there's these times I think that because, I mean, churches don't mean, well, some of them do, but churches don't mean to be competing with one another, uh, but it tends to happen. And so I think oftentimes like you look and you say, all right, what differentiates us, right? What's the thing that's going to draw people in? Well, it's the difference in our community and our culture and the way we look and the way we act, that sort of a thing. And you start looking, and I was doing this this week a little bit. I was looking through different churches you know, Instagram, social media, websites and things like that. I'm looking and I'm like, man, I'm learning a lot about what this group of people look like, but I'm not necessarily learning about the Jesus who's at the center of it. And it just started to be this thing that I just kept thinking through and kept processing through. And again, last, last week we just like cut it off because I literally at the end of it was like, I have no thoughts anymore. I just have a lot of contemplation to have happen and that sort of a thing. Um, so Parker, since that conversation, I think there's a couple directions we can go with this as we kind of keep going through it. But just initially, have you had any thoughts this week just that have built off of that? Uh, maybe any different responses, any different reactions or any different practices that you think would be interesting to talk about as we talk about church marketing? Yeah, I don't know. Even just now thinking through it, like um, when you look at like what you were just saying when you're looking through, um, you know, social media and the way different churches market things and stuff and, um, how you're learning about, um, you're learning about that specific community and what like they may be like as people. Um, I don't know, I guess like when I asked that question, I, I, and I still don't really know an answer to be honest with you, but like, I guess like the question then comes for me is, is it like, okay, to just market the people to get people in quote unquote. Um, but like, cause, cause the thing is like, well, I don't know. Like Jesus ministered on a person to person basis, a face to face basis. Yeah. Um, and this whole marketing thing and even like online church and all the stuff that's, um, you know, come to be because of, uh, technology and advances in technology and stuff like that. And, and they've become really cool new ways for us to reach people. Um, I guess then the question for me is then, is it okay for us just to market us as a community? And then once people are there, then they'll see the heart that that community has, I guess. Totally. You know, so I, or, you know, 
the same thing could be said for the other way. Like, you know, a community could look really great through marketing. And then once you get there, it's like a completely different thing than what was presented. So on one hand, it's like marketing doesn't necessarily a hundred percent accurately represent what a community slash church is like, but at the same time, at the same time, it still sends a message. So, you know, I think we should try to work Jesus into it. I don't really, I still don't really know how, I guess, yeah. you know. Well, and that's know. the interesting thing is that we don't necessarily have a, an amazing um, example to be able to look to, to be able to see that. You know, when you think about it, and maybe this is a little bit of uh, me clicking into then like marketing schemes and stuff like that is like, why don't we primarily seek to just market quote unquote like the personhood and impact of a relationship with Jesus. And in some ways, well, it might be because that then serves everybody. Um, and maybe it's just not the way we think about it. So the reason why I say it that way, if a church was, let's say a church with a giant platform basically said, Hey, we, uh, let's say our marketing strategy is we post seven times a week and they looked and said, one time a week, we'll be posting about our community and our gathering time. The other six times of the week, we are going to be posting purely content that is promoting the impact of relationship with Jesus. Now, the reason why I say that doesn't just serve you, it serves everybody, is because then you have people seeing your content and all they're seeing is Jesus. And when they're seeing then the impact of Jesus, they're not seeing a sales pitch. They're not seeing, you know, some kind of like draw you in thing. It serves the church down the street that somebody might look and say, I saw on Instagram this, this video of somebody saying how Jesus changed their lives. And I just knew I had to get to church, you know, like that kind of an ideal. I wonder, you know, part of it probably is, is we don't always trust that other churches are doing a good job. You know, that's a very real reality, I think, that a lot of churches wrestle with. You know, it's at the end of the day, if you look at a pastor and you say, are you really okay with people going just anywhere? You know, ultimately, you're going to have people that look and say, well, I believe in this. So like, be here. We want to do this. We're going to see this happen. Sure, other churches matter. But if I could be the pastor to the world, I probably would. Like, that kind of a thing, I think, is a reality for some pastors in some communities. Yeah. And I think has implicitly become a part of church marketing then. Cause you know, like if you think about it, how many church accounts there are out there, how much church marketing there is. If every church just looked and said, we care about Jesus being represented. Your church might not grow, but a church will. Your efforts might not affect your church's bottom line, but the kingdom's bottom line will be served. And like, I think that's the thing I've been kind of debating through a little bit more and more the last couple of days is like when we really say like we care about like kingdom work and seeing like the kingdom of God grow at some point that might need to truly translate to like it means that our community is not the epitome of if that is success, right? Yeah, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, are you saying like in that type of, okay, well, I guess you're saying so one time a week it would be talking about the gathering and stuff like yeah, that like community we have here drastically less. So like, you know, but even like, so such a higher, a much higher emphasis on, um, testimony basically. Right. Testimony, presenting the gospel, presenting that. Like, I mean, also I am a, I am a person that thinks that some, in some ways, like the American church has abandoned the role of the evangelist. Um, and we now look at like, 
senior pastors and we say, be, you know, pastor, teacher, evangelist, be a prophet if you can too. We'd love that. And you know what? You're multi-site. You're an apostle now. Like we look at this stuff and we basically have boiled down the fivefold ministry into like one singular position. Um, and so I think in some ways, if a church was to look and say, hey, we don't have an evangelist, but we have a pastor and we have different outlets, what if a church literally looked and said, yeah, we have a social media page that we do for our um, church, but we also just have a at find Jesus account on Instagram. It is not connected to our church. It is not promoting our church. It is just promoting the good news of Jesus to try to reach more people. Because like even I think about individuals, like my uh, my personal Instagram page, I have sermon clips of myself or things like that occasionally that I'll share that are sharing words that I think would be beneficial for more than just our immediate community, but also are significant for our immediate community. Now, I believe that's going out and helping spread stuff. But in a very small way, it's also spreading the brand of Caleb the pastor. Right. And so like trying to figure out more and more like how how could the church actually look at marketing as a whole and say this is really a ministry outlet to represent Christ and it might not ever – it might not ever equal another butt in a seat in your sanctuary – but it might equal a whole lot of souls being saved across the breadth of influence you can have to see more people find Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, that totally makes sense what you're saying. I guess then the question I would have would be, because I believe that, and I believe the Bible says that, you know, as far as our walk with Jesus goes, there are, you know, you, you could break them down into kind of two phases. One being the salvation phase where you get, you commit your life to Jesus and and you have that come to Jesus moment and stuff like that. But then the rest of your life is sanctification and discipleship. Yeah. Which I don't think that that necessarily would meet necessarily. So then the question is like, I guess then how, how would we do? I, I completely hear what you're saying and I completely think that that would be great. That would be awesome. At the same time though, how do we, accomplish that and not necessarily, you know, cause the part of the part of that is not necessarily, it's putting, it's removing the emphasis necessarily on, um, the gathering and your specific community and is, uh, shifting that emphasis onto Jesus. But in so doing, how do we do that? And at the same time, promote going to a local church. Totally. And I think that's where as if people truly care about seeing the lost saved, those people who are saved through their effort are then encountering somebody who cares about that, who will then hopefully be then pointing them to those points of discipleship and things like that. Like marketing, um, like, like for myself, I run in, uh, I run in Nike Pegasus running shoes, right? So when I first bought them, I saw an ad that said, these are a great shoe. And I went and got fitted for running shoes and I started to run in those shoes. I've never needed to see a Nike Pegasus ad again because I now just trust the shoe that was originally marketed to me and it held up to what I was told it would do. So a part of me does think that what we could ha- see happen is, is church marketing instead of being, because right now the other reality is, is a lot of it is Christian to Christian. It's, hey, come over to our church, come see what our church is happening. Why do I care like in some ways, why do I care about 
an image of a worship gathering that is saying something along the lines of just like, we just had a powerful morning of worship. That's a great thing. And I'm not saying that it's bad intention, but I'm just saying what could be the more effective thing? Because that again is believer to believer to market to them. But the believer who shows up, because they're just, the non-believer who shows up, that's what I meant. Non-believer shows up expecting to meet this Jesus who they heard could change their lives. They're going to see the gathering and in person are going to say, wow, this has changed my life, right? And that then will hopefully drive them to discipleship. Um, I do think that also with that then, when it comes to testimony, sometimes one of the best things that can drive us towards, you know, out of just justification into that sanctification and moving towards, you know, eternity with Christ is hearing recurring testimony. You know, like you're seeing the testimony of, you know, the person who was on the street and they were saved radically. And you're just like, oh my gosh, Jesus, can you do that in my life? Um, even though maybe I'm a suburban dad of, you know, two kids and, you know, me and my wife's marriage is on rocks or something like that. Like they see that. But then that same person, after they've met Jesus and being able to encounter him, they see something again, like maybe two, three years later. And it's of a 65 year old man who's saying, I grew up in the church. I ended up following Jesus for a lifetime. It's been hard at times, but it's been so worth it. Cause can I just tell you, I've seen my grandkids now who are serving and loving Jesus. Thanks to the sacrifice I made. And that same testimony, that same mode is inspiring people in different ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. Um, I forget what I was going to say. Um, even continuing on that just for a second, then like, I think we're able to look and see churches then say, we actually just care about seeing like lost people saved. Yeah. You know, like, no, yeah, I totally see like, like it's almost in its way would be a completely separate ministry. You know what I mean? It wouldn't even be, which I guess like, in terms of, I guess what we're talking about here is marketing Jesus, not necessarily church marketing even, you know, which is not a bad thing at all. But, um, like, uh, so yeah, I guess it's just getting the word out there through a medium of technology. So then do you think that like, like, let's say that that comes to pass, like, would it be a good idea then to like have like a website or something like that that could help somebody like, Oh, I do want to go to a church where yeah. it's a good church in my local area. You know what I mean? And whether it just be like a map or whatever. You yeah. Know? You know, I think that would be a very, it'd be interesting. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean like, so let's use um, the context for myself, you know, like I'm a licensed assemblies of God pastor. So like if, Let's say the Assemblies of God decided to partner with, um, and this is a little bit harder with, let's say, like a non-denominational church circle and things like that, right? But like within the Assemblies, just using that model for an example, there's an amount of accountability, amount of expectation on what teaching looks like, an amount of expectation on what the morality of your leaders look like. So there's like a baked in trust that could be there. Right. So let's say the Assemblies of God looked and said, hey, we want to... Um, do an initiative like this, right? We want to do an initiative of reaching people online. Maybe all the link is, is like the assemblies has where you can go in and you can type in your city and it will say on their website, you know, here's the five closest assemblies of God churches to you, right? So like, what if 
churches, again, this is more unity coming together, looked and said, hey, for our community, we want to give a map of here's so-and-so church, so-and-so church, so-and-so church. And honestly, in some ways, maybe you then create a system where, hey, we're just marketing Jesus. We're creating this service. We want to have an amount of uh, you know, reputation and understanding of what your church is. We want to make sure stuff is healthy. It's not too crazy, all that stuff. But then let's say over time you had it where a church could say, hey, we want to be submitted to be on your online resource. You know, hey, Bethany Christian Assembly, hey, we see this great thing that's happening. Um, We would love to be considered to be one of your churches of recommendation for the Everett area, right? Now that's thinking like very like big, far off there. Big scale. But could be a really cool unifying thing. could, yeah. If you're somebody who's like, let's say, um, let's just say you're somebody who's like a Catholic, right? And you want to find a parish to go to, or I think that's the right word. Um, you just look up the directory and you find the local one, you go to it, right? and you trust it, and you do it kind of geographically. There's some stuff with that that like Protestants, and especially mainline Protestants, actually more so even the non-denominational crowd, like don't get to benefit from. But it doesn't mean some of these things aren't possible. Like um, I was talking to a, a group of friends the other week where it's just like looking and just saying like, hey, like there's obviously problems in the church and there's obviously some of these big scale things that could happen. But like what happens if people just say, hey, we're just going to do it, you know, and like even for myself, like I'm kind of wrestling with this idea in my head of just like, hey, like if we think it could be beneficial to go beyond just Christian meme pages and just have like true un scripted like marketing of Jesus type of a movement. Like what if somebody did go out and they just made an Instagram page that's just full of testimonies? It might already be being done. Like that's great. That's cool. But like if you had somebody who looked and just said, hey, every day we're posting another testimony, another bite-sized bit of it. You know what people like to do? They like to watch on like Instagram or TikTok or things like that. I sound like an old person describing this. But like like the part one, part two, part three themes, right? That sort of a deal. Like you have it where you break somebody's testimony up over the course of a couple of days and somebody keeps coming back to the page because they want to say, well, I want to hear what happened next. I want to hear what happened next. I want to hear what happens next. And it's always just Jesus did this in my life and he wants to do it in yours. Like that kind of a thing. That could be really impactful. Now, it's hard and it's difficult. Yeah. But like I also will say I think a lot of churches don't dream anymore about what their impact could be beyond just like we're going to have a really big service one day, right? That sort of a thing. Um, So again, for some reason, when we talk about church marketing, it kind of breaks my brain the most because I actually think it's kind of becoming one of – it might be one of the more untapped ministry opportunities the church has – because instead of just saying, let's create good looking content, it's saying now, how do we just help people find out about Jesus? Because even thinking about the discipleship question, let's say there's somebody, they've walked away from church. They were in church. Maybe they're having a struggling faith, but then they see somebody, they just say, man, I hear that guy's story. And that also is an edification to the believer. You know, like let's say Parker, a random group showed up to our church and they just said, hey, we're looking for five people. They would just share their testimony with us. And let's say you stepped up and you just said, hey, I'll be one of the five. I'll do it. And they said, awesome. We're going to come back in one week and we just need a, a four-minute version of your testimony. You know, it's a little bit quick, but that's what we're trying to do so we can make these things really hit for people so we can help people see what Jesus could do. That builds you up too as a believer because you're sharing your story. You know, and again, it's kind of Revelation twelve eleven. They overcome by the blood of the lamb, the work of Christ on the cross, um, his death, burial, resurrection, and the word of their testimony. And that then is going to go out into the world and overcome the enemy as it's being heard. So 
That was more thoughts. If somebody wants to do something like that, DM us on Instagram. We would love to talk about it yeah. um, and see what we could do. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like, um, I think kind of what we're, as we've been talking and that question, you know, that we've been, I mean, the question that we left off last week with and um, what we've kind of been talking about today, really, I think it's, um, I think it's kind of just pointed out that there is kind of a fundamental problem with marketing. And I think it's like, I think it started like us marketing churches and, and marketing our individual communities came from a good place. Yeah. Generally speaking. So, uh, but I think it's just kind of a, um, a fundamental problem with that. And maybe that type of ministry would be the solution. I think the, um, um, difficult problem you would run into, or at least one that would need to be addressed is, um, standard standard standardization <laughs> of doctrine um in terms of like what churches you would recommend totally you know what i mean which is like like not even pointing any fingers at all but just like cuz the thing is the i feel like the reason why um you know why maybe maybe not a conscious reason but like uh, you know, a subconscious reason why people would just market their own churches is that you have control over what's being said there. Yeah. And you have, and you know what's going on there in general. And like, you know what teachings are being said. Totally. Like, and if, if you're just going to go, you know, promote churches, like, and you know, I believe in big C church, don't get me wrong. And I, I would love to see big C church move on in terms of like, just advance the kingdom of God. But you know, there is also the fact that you have to deal with that. You don't necessarily know if you're promoting a church that is teaching, you know, bad doctrine. And so, and I know you kind of talked about that, whether like it, like let's say that type of ministry came to be where you could have like churches apply and it'd be, there be this kind of like semi standardization, you know, uh, process, but like, I don't know. That'd be a big hurdle. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Yeah. No, it'd definitely be. And that's, again, that's where it's kind of like saying at what point does something go from being um, well-intended to being like an organizational like project, right? Um, you know, one of the things with this, which this is not a, a part of this conversation, but maybe one day could be a really cool conversation, is uh, Timothy Keller recently in an interview was talking about the importance of denominational structures, and there's a lot of different people in different church circles right now who would look and say, ah, denominations don't matter, this sort of a thing, this sort of a thing. Well, the big reason it matters is accountability. Yeah. You know, is the fact, like, if I got up as a pastor, honestly, if even on this podcast, a, a, a private platform that you, myself, Matthias, like, we're helping put this out there, we're helping make, like, you know, the, the American ideal might look and say, well, this is, this is your space to say whatever you want. Well, if I say certain things that were going against the doctrinal agreement that I have said as an Assemblies of God pastor I agree with, I would have, I would legitimately have someone contact me and say, we have to sit down and talk through this because there's accountability. Also, if I was to be living immorally, um, there would be literally like a kind of like a trial process where it would be looking and saying, are you fit to still have your credentials? And if so, what's the restoration process, right? So there's an amount of a weight, like, you know, for myself as an Assemblies of God pastor, like um, part of the agreement is uh, 
uh, you're, you don't drink as an AG pastor. Right. And so for myself, I don't drink. I'm not, uh, against drinking for Christians in general or things like that. Yeah, I'm fine to say that. Uh, but for myself, I am not drinking. I don't drink me. and My wife both don't and don't plan on it. That sort of a thing. But if I posted, let's say like a, a video and I was sitting around with some friends and I'm just like holding up like a, like a Bud Light or something like that in the photo, I'd probably get contacted right now. That's the reality of like, there's accountability there. There's a structure there. There's something there that helps keep me quote unquote in check, but honestly in check for the betterment of others. And so that others aren't hurt by me having these moral compromises to things and stuff like that for agreement's sake. Right? So that's where even something like this could lead to a conversation on like, should all churches be in denominations? Should there be an amount of accountability and structure that helps with things and stuff like that? And I will say there is a small part of me at times that does look at, and this isn't to be a knock on, but churches that actively choose to not be in a denomination, I would oftentimes look and say, just why not? And like, why not find some amount of structure you can be under? Because usually the reasoning will be wanting to move fast, not necessarily having all doctrinal agreements, which then is saying there's a lot of denominations like, are, why can't you find one that you have full agreement with, just in all honesty? Um, is it a part of the governing structure? It's pretty tried and true in most settings, the way that things are set up and things like that, and there's a lot to choose from. So again, it's a lot of uh, question, a lot of comment, a lot of things to process and think through. But when it comes back to this whole idea of church marketing and what that looks like, doing the full circle... Um, I think there's a reality that this idea of marketing Jesus would be amazing to see embodied more and more and more, you know, and see that somehow processed through, whether it's through a group of people or through a local church looking and saying, this is our primary prerogative. This is our main goal, our main thing we're trying to do, not trying to broadcast and platform pastors, not trying to broadcast and platform um, communities and programs, but rather just Jesus. And if people meet Jesus, their lives can be changed. Now with that, like all being said, um, kind of shifting, I guess, maybe, unless you have a final thought on this one, is when it comes to our marketing practices, what are things that you typically respond well to? Like, so when we're talking about marketing within churches, there's a lot of different mediums, you know, so you have your in-church things, you have your drive-by church things, you got billboards, you got flyers, you got Instagram, Facebook, you have, uh, you know, TV, all these different aspects. What are seems for yourself that you respond well to when it comes to marketing or things that you think that are effective? Well, I'll start off by saying I've been going to the same church since third grade. That's true. So let's start there. So I have not necessarily been somebody that, um, you know, has been on the lookout, say, you know, for other options, I guess. So like, it would be completely different if I like, you know, moved towns and was, or moved states, whatever, and was looking for a new church, you know, but, um, in general, like for me, um, I guess I start off with like the marketing that I personally respond to better, you know, are, I guess, well, a few things, but I would say the heart behind it, like, is it a heart of love? Is it a heart of, you know, just, you know, I mean, we've all seen like, you know, street corner evangelists that are like, 
you know, you're going to hell, you better come back, like, or come to church, whatever, you know, like, like, that's not one I respond well to. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't really think it's one that most people respond well to, you know what I mean? But, like, uh, in general, is it a message of love? Is it, uh, you know, is it a message that is true to what the Bible says? Um, I don't know. I don't know. How so about the, you? Yeah, so like you're saying the the content, the heart behind yeah, is what for, matters most. For me, yeah, and it's I, I I don't know if I'm necessarily someone that would be a good person to ask that question like just because honestly like like I said I haven't you know been looking for a church really totally. ever. Well, for the most part, you know. I guess like when I moved up to school I, I didn't really look for a church, but I did look for a college ministry to go to. Yeah. So I guess there's that. Well, okay, here here's a good example. Um, you know, I was, when I moved up to Bellingham, which is where I went to college, uh, Western Washington University, um, I did look for a, you know, college ministry. Um, and most college ministries they had, you know, like, I'm sure Northwest had this too, but like a club fair at the beginning of the year. Oh yeah. 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 And like everybody has booths and you walk around, check things out, see if there's, you know, anything you'd be interested in. I went looking for, um, uh, a church ministry. So, um, and I would say the first one I walked up to was this uh, ministry up there called CCF. Um, I'm going to fudge up the acronym name now. Uh, Campus Christian Fellowship, I believe that's what that stands for. I think so. It's like um, a branch of Chi Alpha. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is an AG ministry. I didn't know that at the time. But um, but I walked up and guy immediately started talking to me. He was our, our, our mutual buddy, John, actually. Oh, yeah. And uh, he immediately was like, hey, man put down uh, your phone number here and I'll reach out to you. And I was like, I was like, kind of like, well, I'll, sure I will. But I didn't really believe him that he was going to reach out to me. And like literally within like five hours or whatever it was, like he reached out to me. He's like, Hey, you want to go get coffee? And I was like, yeah, man, sure. So I would say like in general, like the way that I personally respond to well as like person to person. Dude. And that's, that's so, that's so good. Cause that was something I was actually debating on and thinking through this weekend. Um, so basically, I listened to a podcast. I already mentioned one thing he said, but Timothy Keller did a sit-down interview um, that I was listening to this other week. And he was talking about if you're wanting to church plant in like New York City right now, right? Like that sort of a thing. He was saying he would best advise people to not go and just start up a big service and try to fill the room. He said, I would advise you to take a year and a half to two years and personally evangelize to people until you see 50 people saved or around 50 people saved and then start your community because you've gone out and you have saved lost people to build a church, not you've gone and pulled people from other churches to start your community, right? And I just sat there and started to think about it. And I was like, man, how often do churches actually just care about? And like, people can think it's a weird idea, but like, just like going out and trying to like help save people. Like, that's what it is. It's us trying to save people. It's us going out. Like, if we act talk about like, what did Jesus do? Jesus walked the street and he saw people and he evangelized. He looked and said, hey, I'm the hope of the world and I'm right in front of you, right? And he did it creatively. He did it – like even the the story of like the woman at the well, like he goes and he sits there and he just waits. 
And then a woman shows up and he goes and he speaks to her and changes her life, changes the whole community because he was wise and strategic and he was being led by the spirit and all these different things. And so like, I just sat there and was like, I was like, wow, that sounds a lot more like Jesus calls us to do, do it. than like the market your church really well, show how your community is different, get a hundred people in, you're viable, you can handle your budget now, like move forward. Right. And like, that is where I think when it comes to marketing, like I think churches really need to think about what does that like person to person look like? Like, have you trained up your church to actually care? Do we care about people who are going to hell at churches? And I think that if you were to look at a lot of churches marketing material, they don't necessarily show that they do. Doesn't mean they don't not care, but it's not necessarily this thing of like, Hey, we like, like we believe that people either are going to spend eternity eternally close to God or eternally separated from God. And one of those options sucks like that sort of a thing. And so I was thinking back on this because like what did church marketing used to look like? Well, when like the Jesus movement happens and you see Billy Graham and you see all these different people, it was in a lot nicer wording than these, you know, street corner preacher of today. It was person, you need to find Jesus or you're going to die and you're going to go to hell and you're going to be eternally separated. And like, but the thing was, is at that stage, it was driving people. Like I was telling Sierra earlier today, actually it was a funny moment. We were going into Michael's cause she had ordered some stuff and uh, the craft store. And we go in and I looked at her and I just said like, I'm just kind of like in my head right now, like just like thinking about stuff. She's like, about what? And I said, I started to think about hell and like just being separated from God. And she just was like, why would you think about that? And I was like starting just to think about like different things and all this stuff. But like it challenges me as a pastor because in that moment while I'm thinking about it, in my head it was like, well, the way to handle this is just to push it to the side. But like, there should be, like, I don't know, as a Christian, maybe once a week, you should have a moment of carrying the weight of like, I should care about people knowing Jesus. Like as an individual follower of Christ, I should care about like once a year helping see someone be saved. But like, that would be a pretty incredible thing if like at the end of 10 years, if somebody walked up to you and said, hey, I've, you know, last 10 years, I've seen 10 of my friends come to know Jesus. We would celebrate that. That's one a year. You know, is that really that incredible? It is because all glory to God, the angels are celebrating in heaven the moment that person accepts Christ. But with that being said, then when it comes to our church marketing, maybe another facet of it. And it's not like, you know, it's not like the, uh, oh, what was it? Was it the seventies or the, I think it was the eighties when like there was the whole like satanic fear of like Satanism and all these things. And like, it started to really become fear-based to save people to Christ. Like it's not saying be fearful and it's not saying like scare people into heaven, but it's saying for you as the individual, realize the weight of what you have to bring to the table and how as churches can our marketing help compel Christians to care about seeing the saved lost, the lost, sorry, seeing the lost saved. And that also comes through testimony. Yeah, I feel like how how do I say this? I feel like back then with the Billy Graham movement and stuff like that and that approach that probably worked better because there was more of a universal, not universal, but in terms of like the average person living in let's say America, 
believed in a higher power. You know, maybe they weren't, you know, they wouldn't call themselves a Christian, but they all kind of, I would imagine the majority of them probably believed in a higher power, whatever that looked like for them. And so that approach probably like resonated more with them. I feel like now these days, like most conversations I have with people at, at the beginning is like the conversation most of the time is, do you even believe in a God? Yeah. And you can't really have a conversation about, you know, Oh, you're going to hell. Like I, like I don't want you to go there. You're my friend. Yeah. Like you can't have that conversation without there being a mutual assumption that there is a God in the first place. And so that's where it comes to like, um, I think beyond just like apologetics and things like that, where you're trying to like prove that God exists. Oh necessarily. yeah. Like I believe the best way to do that is it comes back to, I think testimony because you literally yeah. see what God is doing in people's lives and you see like an actual manifestation of that. No. And I agree yeah. with you. Like I think, you know, I think things like apologetics and stuff like that are very, can be useful tools. Yeah. I think that sometimes by the time everyone's equipped with something, usually it means it's now too late. So like I think apologetics were crazy beneficial in like the eighties, nineties, two thousands. But then we got people really equipped with them in like the 2010s and people no longer cared about like logical, not like not saying logical in terms of saying now it's illogical, but like saying like this, like logical thought process of like, here's point a, here's point B, here's point C. And like most non-believing people who are skeptics, atheists, agnostic, maybe of other faith, aren't necessarily looking for like, can you explain to me like the process of like how creation could work or how like God would be able to logically be like explained as real. Right. Whereas exactly what you're saying, that story, that impact, that moment being explained to somebody is so much more powerful. And I wonder if that's where as churches are doing things like marketing, stuff like that, what if a church did look and say, Hey, once every and again, I'm, I'm kind of making it into a model, but I'm not trying to. This is zero thought behind it. What if every two weeks our church tried to do some kind of a post that was a video of one of our pastors saying, hey, we want to give you, um, and like this is a really corny way to word it. We want to give you an evangelism tip of the day. Like, hey, maybe you have a family member right now who you've just been struggling to be able to figure out what you can do. We want to encourage you. How about you start introducing them to your faith and tell them that somehow in the next week, tell them, I'm going to be praying for you about that. And you're just planting that seed. Like, and again, it's just helping put on people's radar, this idea of like, you can have these conversations, right? Because I do think that when we end up saying, hey, let's have sit down, you know, that long form conversation, it can lead to, you know, life changing experience, right? And it can lead to those moments. But sometimes it just takes uh, a little bit longer than maybe it did in like the 70s, the 80s, that sort of a thing. Um, um, sorry, my mind just went totally blank there. Are you good? Uh, do you think that like, yeah, I feel like all this kind of comes back to like, for me, um, when it comes to like church marketing and everything like that, I guess like for me, it still comes down to the question of like, how can we do it without like, I guess like kind of jumping points here. I don't know. You didn't just ask me a question, right? No. Okay. I, I, my brain just like totally fried there for a second. I don't know what happened. You're good. Reboot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 
do you think in terms of just like practical things, like if like, let's say you were, or you or I, or both of us were in charge of the marketing of a church, not yeah. even our church, just a church. Um, what are some practical things you think that a church could do to avoid, um, to make it more about Jesus and be more testimony focused or, yeah. And cause I, like, I still think that there should be like, I guess like, should we even market and mention anything about us as a community? I think so. Yeah. No, cause no. It, we should be focused. We should like also, you know, have an emphasis on face to face stuff, which I, I know we've already kind of talked totally. about, but, um, the quite, I guess like the hard thing for me is how do we, do both. Yeah. I mean, and that's, know? that is where it's a do both model. It's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Cause that's where a lot of people might listen to this conversation and say, you know, the, the instant thing somebody could say is like, well, you just don't get it. Like this is all the marketing strategy and this is the three times effect. And this is why we have to mention this, this, and this, and like all of these different like, um, rhetorical tools. And it's looking and saying like, Hey, like that's totally cool. We can use and utilize these things. But also, like, the Bible gives us a model that we can follow that could be imperative to how we market things and stuff like that. And so, like, I would say if you're a church trying to revisit this, or let's say, again, you and I, we're sitting down trying to figure out how do we market a church well. Even if I'm saying, hey, I want to get somebody who's maybe in a, not in a bad way, not well, not in a derogatory way, but they're in a dying church. They're in a church that is not... Um, trying to push them in their faith, things like that. You know what's going to help reach that person to help them know there's a church in your community that's wanting to really follow Jesus passionately and would help the non-believer is having it where you're out doing like a street ministry moment and you then get to hear, hey, here's the story of what just happened. Because guess what? The non-believer is going to see that and say, that's really crazy. Because that guy's talking about how, oh, they prayed for him and his back that he hasn't been able to sleep for like weeks because of it's now healed. And they look and they say, that's pretty crazy. They say Jesus is a healer. Maybe he really is. But then also the believer who's maybe felt the Lord say, hey, you need to find a community. They see that video and say, wow, this is a community out there actually doing what Jesus called us to do. So it serves both ends of it. But again, it's outside the norm. You can't just sit down on Canva, which is what I do for like our youth ministry and just like push out a couple of graphics and say, look at us, we're doing great. Like we got some things to post, like we got all this stuff, you know, it's actually looking and saying like, this is a ministry. This is a ministerial moment. So I would just say that that would be one of the biggest things is looking to a marketing department and saying, you are not just here to create a brand. You are not just here to create programs. You are not just here to help uh, meet quotas for events. You are here to be a ministry that is effectively seeing people saved it's seeing people plugged into the church. Now let's figure out how we do it off of that being like our mission statement, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So for like, so like in terms of like, like let's say we're posting something or stuff. Do you think like the best way of like practical thing would be to like have the majority of the posts be about just Jesus and not about the community and just have less of them that are about the community itself and events that are going on. Is it just a ratio problem? Uh, Oh, I mean, I think like 
I think the one is pretty non-existent. Like I don't know many churches who are actually marketing Jesus. They're just marketing their senior pastors or they're marketing their community or they're marketing some programming they do. Like they're kind of looking at like what's winning, what's getting us people in the door. Let's market that. Right. So I think it's one having just a straight up look and say like, this needs to matter most. Yeah. And then also is looking and yeah, man, I, and then I'm speaking from a place of ignorance because I haven't had to like carry a um, church's marketing or I've not been in a senior right. pastor role or things like that. So speaking from ignorance, I but sometimes that's the best place to speak from is it might mean that the church has to look and say like this has to be ministry focused before it's ever promotional focused or maybe let's meet in the middle. You make two marketing department type things where one – you know, it's just promoting the church. It's doing all those things. But your church has looked and said, hey, we're going to make a secondary type of account that is just promoting Jesus so people can meet Jesus on the, on Instagram or on TikTok or yeah. on these things. So I, I think, again, I think there's a lot of models that people could mess around with. So I don't want to yeah. box it in. Okay. But I think that heart is the big thing. You know, yeah. looking and just saying, like, do people doing marketing in your church not just care about being good marketers or good advertisers – but they really care about Jesus being made famous through their church. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that kind of sums it up. Honestly, I feel like, I feel like for the past little bit, we've kind of been saying the same thing almost that it just comes down to heart, honestly. Totally. And like, yeah. And that's a big weight in general. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, I think this is a good spot to park it. Yeah. Well, Parker, we can park it right here. Yeah. And uh, so no, funny. I got I got even more stuff to think on with this. This has been a yeah. good conversation. Uh, you guys, if you're listening on Spotify, we thank you so much. Share it with a friend. You listen on Apple, leave a rating or review. If you haven't followed us on Instagram yet, uh, check that out. And also, if you guys want a part three of this conversation, even let us know. Uh, I have some even more thoughts. I think that we could keep going through after some time of chewing on it. Yeah, and so. Me too. We appreciate you guys checking this out every single week. We enjoy doing this. And so with that being said, we're going to see you guys next week. My name is Caleb. My name is Parker. Have a good week, guys.